Hey guys, welcome to Cut the Karma. I'm Jess. And I'm Julie. And we are two entrepreneurial sisters and mothers who are into spirituality. We're trying to do better and be better in our everyday lives, and we're sharing our journeys to inspire you to do the same. Hi, everyone. Hi. We are here today with an inspired action episode. It's all about conscious parenting. And me, who's a parent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. So we are, so this is Mike with me, my husband. Hello. And uh, we decided to jump on and record an episode on this topic because I feel like it's like the buzz topic going around the internet these days. Do you feel that way? I have no idea. I don't really view things in their circles. Oh. Like I watch uh I watch a lot of like Montessori stuff mm-hmm. on like Instagram and everything and that has a lot to do with like essentially treating little kids like adults that just don't know basic things yet. Like, hey, here you know, you're two, here's you know, how to fill a bowl with you know, milk and cereal and stuff like that. And you're like, what? (laughs) But they show kids at like super young ages being able to do stuff. And it's like, okay, that's possible. Right. You know, so it kind of breaks down boundaries of things that I didn't know were possible, like at certain ages and everything. Right. I do love watching the Montessori stuff myself. Um, But basically we aren't knee deep in parenting right now at all. We just have... Wesley, who's a little over three, our little man. And then we have Zoe, <laughs> who is 15 months old. And they're completely different, I have to say. So I feel like we're, I think that we can go about parenting the same way, but at the same time showing up differently for them. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just the way that it feels to me so far. Mm-hmm. I would say we are knee deep in it. We're not neck deep. Oh, okay. Or waist deep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll go by their height. (laughs) Every time you walk past Zoe and she wants you, she clings onto your legs like she's a sticker bush. Yeah, she (laughs) traps you. Um, But I thought that we could start off the episode by reading what conscious parenting is. So this is from an article on Healthline, and it says, Put most simply, conscious parenting asks that instead of striving to fix your child, parents look inward at themselves. Conscious parenting views children as independent beings who can teach parents to become more self-aware. There's this doctor in New York. I, I, have, I cannot say her name, you guys, so I'm going to say the doctor suggests that through serious consideration of cultural legacies, or to put it more bluntly, family baggage and personal conditioning, parents can begin to let go of their own checklists for how life should be done. By releasing these checklists, the doctor believes parents free themselves from forcing beliefs on their children. When this occurs, children become free to develop their true identity. Ultimately, the doctor argues this will help children connect with their parents since they're being accepted for who they really are. So just a couple key elements of conscious parenting is um, that parenting is a relationship. Children are their own unique people who can teach a parent too. Also, conscious parenting is about letting go of a parent's ego, desires, and attachments. 
And I'll just say one more. There's a whole list, but instead of forcing behaviors on children, parents should focus on their own language, expectations, and their self-regulation. Oh, so, oh, wait, this is another one. The fourth is instead of reacting to issues with consequences, parents should establish boundaries ahead of time and use positive reinforcements. You're really good at doing that one. I am. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, like what? Like, uh, you know, giving Wesley, instead of just like, hey, bud, come on, we got to get your pants on. You'll be like, do you want to do it now or do you want to do it in two minutes? Which yeah. like establishes, you know, a situation where he's able to decide because he knows the boundaries are like, okay, we have to leave, but it still gives him power and makes him be able to have the decision of like, no, I'm watching my shows. You know, I still get to watch my shows for two minutes and that's within my, you know, grasp. Yeah. You know, well, one thing that I noticed is that when I say that to him, his answer always is, in two minutes or are you ready to go now or do you want to leave in five minutes right mm -hmm. and it's always the second answer mm -hmm. um but when he answers it i make him look at me and focus on me and i say can you focus on me for a minute and mm -hmm. he will and i said you just said that you want to leave in five minutes so i'm holding you to that we are going to be leaving in five minutes mm -hmm. and like i make him like look at me and like and it, it sets him up ahead of time for yeah. like, hey, this is what we're going to be doing as opposed to like, go now, because they're just they don't like to answer like immediately. Well, you know, and when you get like frustrated and as a parent and you yell, it's just putting like that negative energy out there and like energy attracts like energy. Right. So mm -hmm. like. Um, what I'm only going to get back is if I yell at him, he's going to yell at me. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why would I be shocked when that happens, you know? And so, yeah, it sets him up in time. It, it allows him to create a choice within him. What feels right and good for him? What does he want to do? And it gives him power, but it's also establishing the boundary that we have. And mm -hmm. I think that that's really important. You know, I also, I follow this one page that's all about, like, dad advice and things. And uh, one of the things that I, I read on there that kind of stuck with me was all about, like, how you have to be a master of your own emotions. And it was saying that, um, how do I, how do I say it? If you are unable to stay calm in such a small, like, situation, like your your kid frustrating you, like, how are you going to teach your kid to be calm in, like, bad situations? Like, mm. he's he's not going to see you as being able to handle a bad situation if just a regular conversation you're going off the handle for. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so true. Another thing that that just reminded me of is that it's kind of like um, I heard a doctor say that if you freak out or you walk out on your kid or you get upset with them over like a minor situation, it's kind of energetically telling the kid that they're unparentable. <laughs> and mm, if they are, yeah. then they're like <clears throat> unlovable. And like, why should anyone have to deal with me if my own parent, like my own flesh and blood and my cord can't even do it? It really makes me stay like in the moment because I'll, you know, anytime 
emotions are high with me is because I've had an entire day of work and then I get home and I'm like, you know, whatever situation that like his emotions are high, which lead to my emotions being high and, you know, da, 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 da. He doesn't know what I've gone through throughout the whole day. He just sees me. And today, you know, it's like the beginning of his day with me. And he's like, okay, how come dad's freaking out or something like that? You know, whatever the situation would be. You never freak out. I really try not to. You, like, you (laughs) never freak out. Like, sometimes you're like, all right, all right, you know? But then, like, you take a breath and I feel like you catch yourself say, like, all right, you know? And, but, like, you really don't ever freak out. I think it's, like... I have a couple times just had to like leave the room. It's like, I, I, and yeah, I like leave the room and then almost immediately I'm better. Yeah. And I can just turn around and walk right in like it's a revolving door. Yeah. You know, and he's like, what's wrong, daddy? I'm like, nothing, bud. You know, and I like collect myself like in that two second window. Yeah. And I think it's because I read something little like that, you know. I feel like. I've only really heard you say nothing, bud, once or twice. Usually you'll be like, I just got a little bit frustrated. Or like you explain the situation. Mm -hmm. Like you break it down in his terms. I think it's important. Yeah. You know, like he needs to know that there's reasons that everything happens. And emotions exist. Yeah. And like I always think of a situation like say you're walking through a parking lot and... uh, uh, like there's a car coming and he's drifting off into the road or something like that. You know, like whatever it is where you're just like, get over here. Like he needs some kind of an explanation on a general basis of why emotions are high. But in a situation like that, sometimes you just have to like just go and say, get over here, you know, right. and then explain afterwards. Yeah. You know, and I do explain to him sometimes in, in a situation like that where. I can't explain it to you right away, but I will eventually, you know, Mm -hmm. like something always has to be explained before or after in my eyes. Well, and that's another thing is that the one thing I've been learning a lot through being a parent is you can't, you have to have your system regulated to be able to help your child regulate their system as well. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so like if they're having a temper tantrum and you're having a bad day or something and you freak out, they're going to freak out even more. So how can they learn? And it's from you being like calm and conscious and present and like with who you are and finding and taking a breath. And so it's constantly like learning how to recycle, not even recycle, but pull in new energy to like be able to calm yourself down and focus and and come into your center to be able to parent them. Yeah. And I'll say that I feel as though I do really damn good with that. The times that I don't is honestly like around my cycle. Mm. Don't you think like the one like maybe 3 to 5 days leading up before that happens, that's when like it's almost like I I can't find my center. Not all day. It's usually like well, it's I don't like know. your your emotional level is already up a little bit more. Yeah. So then, like once something happens or they're just on you, you're already like a bit higher than you normally would. be. It's extremely so hard. So it's easier for me. to get to that like, you know, like yeah. internal point. And I know it the whole time. Like I know it. Well, I would say 
I think I can catch myself very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I'm the first to say, like, I know I'm being this way. I feel it. I hate it. I get it. And I'm I'm trying to work on it. And, like, so I feel then you step up a little bit more when, like, yeah. because I need just, like, more time to come down and figure out myself. Mm-hmm. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, we're, and we're a team, and sometimes you got to tag out. Yeah. Like it's wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, yeah. Go, go, go take five. That's <laughs> you know? very, very true. And I think that one thing that we do really well with each other is we communicate. Like we are in communication all day long when it comes to the topic of parenting. Mm-hmm. Like in the topic of so many things, we communicate all day long. But I feel mm-hmm. as though like even though you're at work, you still know and are up to date with like so much of what's going on within our house. Sure. Well, I mean, even, you know, luckily now we have technology. So sometimes when like things are, are rough with them or they're emotional or something like that, you'll FaceTime me because seeing a different face will help them out. Yeah, I think sometimes too. I mean, Wesley just asks for you all day long, right? But yeah. like... um. And it, you are removed from the situation too. And like you can come from a calm place. Um, but it doesn't even matter if he's, if one of them are doing well or bad. I feel like you just know all the time because we're in constant communication mm-hmm. with one another. You also, know? one of our, um, uh, one of our things is like breathing, like you're, everything that we study with like yoga and just like meditation, all everything ties to the breath. Yeah. yeah, Wim Hof. It, um, he definitely notices when sometimes I just have to like, just close my eyes and just breathe instead of like walking out of the room or whatever. And I notice him doing that once in a while, once in a while, he's like, (sighs) you know, and it, I, I think it really helps them because they they know they learn from listening to you, but they learn more from watching you. Well, you know, he takes a breath like often and I can oh, I always can tell he takes it right before he's heading into a hard phase. And I'm so proud of him for it. And I point it out and I congratulate him. And he does better. He does. One big thing that's hard for Wesley is getting in or getting, yeah, strapped into the car seat. And so, like, we have some boundaries around that, which is, like, he can bring toys into the car with him, but he has to put them off to the side of his car seat. And he has to focus on me while I buckle him up because he always wants to play with all of his stuff and he's wiggling and he's, you know, which makes it so much more frustrating and takes longer. So like we have some like steps that we do together and I can tell while he's getting buckled up, he takes like a really, really deep breath because he does not like being confined. Um, And that's hard for him. But when he's focused on me and he takes a nice deep breath, he's way better. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that like we do for us as conscious parenting is like we have to find our own breath. And we've been teaching that to him and it really works. I want to say something that like I caught myself doing. to, I don't, I think it was Zoe 
And I was like, I cannot believe I just did that. Can I tell you about it? Yeah, please do. <laughs> um, so Zoe loves to give me kisses, like anyone kisses, but we're together most of the day. So, and her smooch face is just adorable. Mm-hmm. And um, like every morning we just like kiss the crap out of each other. And one day she didn't want to give me kisses. And I was like, I made a frown face and I was like, oh, but I want to kiss, you know? And I stopped myself immediately because I just realized that I wasn't conscious parenting. What I was doing was I wasn't respecting her want not to give a kiss. Mm. And by me being like, oh, but that makes me sad. That's making her like push past the boundary that she put up for herself and to make you happy. Yeah. Just to make me happy. And that like really tugs on like the empathic person's like strings and they will break what they want to do just to make someone else happy. And I was like, Oh my God, I, I have to like really, really, really make sure that I don't do this in so many different aspects. You know, because what I may want for my kids or in that situation is going to be different than what they want. And if it's not unsafe, then it's okay. And I have to respect that because they are their own individual. And the more that as a parent, we can show up and respect their decisions and their choices, they're listening to their own body. They're listening to their own mind. They're listening to their own intuition. And that is so important because like, you know, I'm 38 and in a couple of weeks, you're turning 40 in like a month or something, a little over a month. Like, I feel as though that our age, our generation, we had parents or grandparents that would really tell us what to do almost all the time to stay in the boundary of being like polite or to have etiquette or, you know, to be safe, whatever it is. And it was almost like we were put into a box. And I really feel as though that I'm trying to break the mold of telling my kid exactly what to do. And then this is like, giving me a segue into the dinner table. Yes. (laughs) I was going to say, in a way, like our previous generations were kind of like the Wild West um, in like a physical way, because when we were kids, we could just, you know, leave and go wander the neighborhoods and all that kind of stuff and like go on our bike and just go, okay, be back at dinner time, you know, and like now they don't have that. But also when we were kids, like it was just emotionally like, don't cry. Don't have emotions. Don't have emotions. Like, you know, in some ways it was it was tougher emotionally, but it was also more wild in like a physical sense. Like go outside and play. Just don't come back in. That's true. Now it's the other way and around. Now, well, now it's the other way around. But And we also have technology, which kids are so wrapped up in their phones and computers and video games that they don't think to like just go outside and play without any of that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's everything has, everything has changed within our generation. 
That's true. Like we were the last, we were the last generation to grow up without having phones tethered to us all the time, Mm -hmm. without people knowing where we were all the time, you know? And like that, that I feel like we learned so much from having that freedom that they, they're just not going to get from here on out, most likely. I think that's another thing of conscious parenting. It's like being aware of your own addiction so that you don't pass them on to your kids. Yeah. And I feel as though the fun, the phone is 100% an addiction for like ev- almost every person out there. Mm-hmm. And Mike and I, we just daydream so much about buying a home in Bucks County somewhere that's like a couple of acres and we just have like tons of garden and wildlife and and just I don't know maybe bees and you know like to make our own honey and just to have our own like self-sufficient land Mm -hmm. and with that comes like less technology less phones just being more present and I because we daydream about that, I feel as though that we're pulling that in here and there in our lifestyle now. Mm-hmm. And that's one big thing that I would say the past couple of weeks I've been really, really trying to do is to like leave the phone, mm-hmm. just leave it and be super present. And it's incredible when I come back to you know, my phone and I open it up, it's like how many messages are sitting there waiting for you. It's, it's a lot. It's like life is always trying to claw at you or yeah. grab you or grab and a I, piece of you. I didn't realize how, because I was so often like, it could be through text messages, it could be through email, it could be social media, whatever it is. But like, it just put your phone down for five hours and come back and look at it you'll be like, oh, wow. And you'll see a trend, like a pattern. There's going to be so many messages sitting there waiting for you. You didn't realize that through that five hours, you've been just that attentive to it all, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's one thing that I've been trying to like not do so that my kids aren't Mm -hmm. wanting to do it either. Like at the beginning of this year in January, I took off you know, from social media and just not like looking at my phone, mm-hmm. you know, and it felt so good. Um, but I, you mentioned when we first started this, that like uh, conscious parenting is like a buzzword going on right now. Mm-hmm. And it made me think about how uh, the differences in people like these days, because there's people like us that are, you know, excuse me, once I got into, um, self-development and things like that like got deeper into that you know you look at everything as far as how it affects you you know you're like okay i want to make this part uh, of myself better you know i want to make that part better i want to cut this out i want to cut that out i want to enhance this or enhance that and there's so many people out there that don't look at them at their own life in that kind of a way they don't try to like grow You know, and I think because we are in that state where we're constantly trying to like grow, we're always paying attention to like how we do things, what we do things. And uh, now we have these little people that are adults that are just in a tiny little body and they're learning the smallest like details of things still. Mm -hmm. So we're aware of that. But Mm -hmm. think about like, remember that one story where uh, you were at the Target parking lot and that dude was freaking out on his kid? That dude is not, I, I can pretty much guarantee he doesn't do any self-development. 
right to be able to like look at his own kid and like yell the things that you were saying he was yelling and stuff like that he doesn't look at his kid as a person he mm-hmm. looks at it like a pet that he just wants to yell at and say go away mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i think that's why like something like this like a topic like this would be like a buzzword mm-hmm. you know what i mean but people like us we're we're constantly trying to figure out how to make ourselves the best humans that we can and also how to make our kids the best humans that we can you know yeah that's why we like you know every night at dinner time we do the uh you know the are grateful like what are you grateful for right you know what i mean there's kind of like giving thanks and all of that stuff you know well that really stemmed from and thank you for bringing that back around because i want to talk about the dinner table because this is such it's so highlighted in my mind um i remember growing up we would have family parties all the time my mom had a very big family so i have a lot of cousins and stuff And there would always be the adult table and then the kid table. And at the kid table, there was just laughter beyond. (laughs) I mean, we were just like belly laughing constantly, tears rolling down our cheeks. And we would all eat our food. We would all sit in our seats. We were all very present with one another. And we just loved it. Like, it was the best. But then... When we would go to the adult table, it was more stiff. There was always politics talk, like, you know, involved. Um, like serious adult serious conversations. Serious adults, like elbows off the table. But that's what they wanted, and that's what it always was. But, like, if you brought a kid over to the adult table, it was just like, ugh, I don't want to be here. I'm not going to eat. I don't feel right. I don't feel well. I want to get up and walk away. So... That's one thing that I wanted to incorporate into our family dinner times was a table that has laughter, that has play, that makes kids want to come and talk and want to be present, uh, but that also has boundaries. So at our dinner table, we play games like I spy with my little eye or um, we do, you know, these like funny, uh, we mimic Wesley a lot, you know, like the whole table mimics what Wesley does, or we just <laughs> yeah. do like these little imaginary, imaginative games and we crack up and we love it. And, but there are some rules or boundaries and the boundary is there are no electronics at dinner time. Because like lunchtime may be different, but at dinner time there isn't. And we always talk about what we are grateful for sometime during that dinner. Mm -hmm. So we don't have like hard rules, like no elbows on the table, no, no talking, no this. Because I know for a lot of people, and I think myself included, there was a lot of strict rules from my parents and other people's parents at dinner time. And I feel like that's the best time that we can all come together and talk about emotions, connect and laugh and play. And um, something that I've said before, but when you laugh, your energy comes into alignment and you're vibing Mm -hmm. very, very high. And that's the best time to just like, you know, be one, but also show individualism 
And that's really, really big. And the one thing that Wesley does do is he gets up from time to time and he'll walk around in between each bite mm-hmm. of food. Which kids love doing. Which that. kids love doing. And I remember hearing a doctor say that if your kid gets up from the dinner table and is being safe about it, like not rolling around on the floor, like with food in his mouth, you know, but like Wesley, literally he walks around on his tippy toes, like in a circle and then he'll come back and he'll take another bite or he'll talk or whatever. Um, Getting up and walking away is their natural way to regulate their nervous system. And like, that's okay. Kids know innately what they need to do to regulate themselves. So we need to stop stopping them from regulating themselves. It's not harming anyone if they get up and they walk away. Yeah, I'm a little bit freakish about like, did you wipe your hands off? But like, I don't do that (laughs) in between each time, you know, like I just let him be who he is. But if he's about to like climb all over the couch afterwards, like, okay, we get a wet wipe or wash your hands. But like, I just giving them room to be. Many, I know when we were growing up, many parents would say like, stop getting up from the table or sit down until your meal is completely done. You Mm -hmm. can't get up from the table until you're done. And that is making a already dysregulated system even more dysregulated. So the kid knows what it needs it. He or she knows what needs, what they need Mm -hmm. at that time. And You know, there's things, if you watch your kid like Wesley, whenever there's transition he's not sure of, he walks on his tippy toes, you know? And it's like, he's just regulating himself. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, something that we do a lot as conscious parents is we stop and we think about how we were as kids, what made us feel good, what didn't make us feel good, what do we want to keep in there? And they're going to do the same thing, I hope. I want to teach them to do that for themselves and their kids. But, you know, our kids from zero to seven, that's when their root chakras are being developed and that survival. They have to lean on a person to survive in those ages. And then after that, they're off going and making their own friends. They're making their own life. They're leaning on other parents and my only hope is that I can teach them to listen to their intuition. What feels good for you by making choices, by noticing consequences, cause and effect, listening to their intuition and just having fun because as soon as they're then off on their own, they're going to know very quickly what feels right and what doesn't feel right because they've had to learn it for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the best gift so that they can regulate themselves very easily then. But if I'm always saying, don't do this, don't do that. You can't wear this. You can't wear that. You have to, you know, be quiet here. You have to say this. You have to say that. It's like, how are they ever going to have their own individual self aligned? If everything's and I, being decided for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It creates a lot of anxiety when you get off into the real world. Like really, I look at the I look at the home like it's a training facility, you mm-hmm. know, for for a person, you know, just growing. 
I mean, it is physically, obviously, but like emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, like in, in every way, spiritually, you know, you're showing him or teaching him about sage and crystals and all this kind of stuff. It's like, this is his world, mm-hmm. you know, in her world. Mm-hmm. So like they're learning every single day, like whether you're teaching them or not, they're soaking everything in. Yeah. So like, you know, even just us regulating ourselves in the way we are around them, they're learning from that because they're being inspired by our energies. They're just a sponge. Yeah. And they're really pulling in our energy first. Mm-hmm. Now, look, I'm not perfect. I There is so much room for me to grow. And I, I feel like you do really darn well in this situation. I really, really do. And I feel like, you know, I catch myself. Yeah, I do think you're, you do really well. I think that I'm doing okay. I think that there is room for me to grow. I think that, um, we both have strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. But, and we also were grown up very differently too. Yeah. And I feel as though that, um, that's probably maybe one of the reasons why you're really good at it. Well, like we, we grew up in a completely, completely different environments. You know, you had more of like a military setting because your dad's a Marine and all that kind of stuff. And I had like a, mine was a bit more like the Wild West, you know, where it's, yeah, not, you know, <laughs> I don't have to get into my like upbringing or anything like that. But like, yeah, it was just a little more uh, free, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we kind of, we both like take elements of that and bring them into like our own little mix yeah. you know like in, and it's influenced in both directions mm-hmm. like where you have the structure but you also have the structure like you know mixed in with the freedom of choice right you know so they feel like they have all the freedom in the world you know but it's also everything is uh everything's a learning experience you know being at the table it's like yeah we have fun and everything like that but we're, like right now we're trying to teach wesley like don't interrupt people. If we're right. in the middle of a conversation, like, don't interrupt. Right. You know what I mean? And like, we'd still teach politeness. Sure. You know, behavioral. Like, I was at the playground today with them, and I was pushing Zoe in a swing, and the, like, jungle gym aspect was, you know, I don't, I don't even know, 20 feet away. And there was a grandmother with a young baby. It looked like under one years old. But um, Wesley, like, made them get stuck in a cycle. Like, Wesley would go down the slide, and then the grandmom would put the baby down the slide. And I was pushing Zoe, so I was really, I'm trying not to be a helicopter mom and just, like, completely let them explore and handle situations on their own. So I was watching but I was also watching to see if this one woman was getting annoyed with my kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I just had to take a lot of deep breaths and just say, like, he's playing with them. They're safe. He's being polite. And, like, that woman, if she's annoyed, she can figure out how to get out of the situation. And for me, I just had to take, like, a lot of deep breaths and just allow the situation to unfold and they all were having like a good time. And then finally I could see the woman being like, okay, we did this 50 times. Like I'm going to take, you know, the kid. And I honestly, I was proud of myself because I had to talk to myself a lot with like 
saying like, okay, she's a big woman and he's a kid <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and he was being so polite and he was just having fun. And that was my conscious parenting because I am someone who, if I feel slightly uncomfortable, I have to check in to see like if, if I'm picking up on their energy or if this is my energy and why and like separate it all and talk to myself. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it was a really healthy, good situation for us all, I think. You gave him freedom to just like room and do what feels natural to him, but you were also keeping an eye out because he doesn't have like those social cues down yet. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand when like, like, what was it the other day when he was out at the playground or something like that? And he was playing with some girl. And she's like, oh, I'm going to Sophie's house. And he's like, I want to go to Sophie's house. You know, it's like yeah. he doesn't know that he's not in the position to be go- going to Sophie's house. You know? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You did good. I mean, to I'm other people, you. you guys could be listening and be like, oh, God, you're that type of mom. I hate that type of mom. Get your kid in you know and like i forget people are listening that that really was like hard for me because i didn't i don't want to be that type of mom but no matter what you do in this life like yeah you're working on yourself and other people are gonna like it and other people aren't yeah you know and i think that for that situation, it was healthy for Wesley and it was healthy for me mm-hmm. because we were both trusting. Sure. And every situation is unique. Mm-hmm. And there's always, you know, there's always a learning situation, no matter what, one way or the other. Yeah. You know, it's all it's all experience. And I think that's one thing that people forget. Right. People think that everything is like cut and dry everywhere you go and it's just not, you know. Yeah. One thing that... I'm kind of like flipping a page here, but one thing that um, I want to bring up Jess because she's co-host here, uh, not tonight, but yeah, sure. um, one thing that I really appreciate about Jess with parenting is, and conscious parenting is letting your child be an individual and you not you know, telling them exactly what to do. Jess does a really great job, and we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I just want to shout it out again, of letting her kids' individualism shine through by, um, like, how they want to wear what, like, they want to do for extracurricular activities or how they want to um, make their bedroom be, like, how they can be and express themselves. Mm-hmm. Um And I really, really, really love that. And I think that one of the things comes from Jess just not being able to fully express herself the way that she felt that she could or wanted to. And so she felt as though for her conscious parenting was really giving her kids the freedom to express themselves. And that's even through like creativity, but also just through communication, like her kids are so open with her about what's going on. Mm. And I really want to make sure that our household is like that too. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jess was like, there are some moms out there that just want the bed, their bedrooms to be, you know, perfectly in order and aligned and this and that. And she's like, but... Then what what is what does the kid want? Like that's their sacred space. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. 
And like, you want them to be able to feel really happy and like what makes them complete or makes them feel like they're getting through a transition phase or whatever it is. Like and, we learn from our parents what we do and don't like and try to like take that with us, you know? Mm-hmm. And going back to like the different generations, like my uncle was, uh, my, you know, and even me growing up around my uncle, he was grown up with the uh, kids should be seen and not heard yeah, uh, background. You know, we go from that to what, two generations later and we're sitting here. It's like, yeah, dude, you know, and like treating them like adults and having full conversations and like, what do you want to do? What do you want to wear? What do you want to eat? You know, when you're trying to give them the ability to make decisions on their own, where back in the day, it was just like, this is the way it is. Go do it. Mm-hmm. You know, shut your mouth and do it. Yeah. Like today, Wesley wanted popcorn. So I gave him a bowl of popcorn in it. And he finished it. And then a while later, he wanted strawberries. And I was like, go get your bowl from the popcorn. I'll just wash it out and give you the same bowl. And But he really, really, really wanted this, like, plastic container. Mm. And in my mind, I was, like, fighting. I'm like, just get the effing bowl. (laughs) Why do we have to, you know what I mean? Why do? And I just took a deep breath. And I'm like, he wants this bowl. Who cares? It's one more dish in the dishwasher. Like even those small little things, I have to reparent myself. Mm -hmm. And so I think conscious parenting is also like rewiring things in your own brain before, you know, and, and reparent yourself. It's being aware of like why you make certain decisions and when to make certain decisions. Yeah. You know, for them and for yourself. Mm hmm. Like it, parenting is a relationship and a lot of, a lot of people don't view it as that. Yeah. You know, and I think that's one of the bigger, bigger things for me at least. You know, so, um, my higher self slash guide said one time to me to not put a raincoat on my kids, let them feel the rain. Mm. Remember? Mm hmm. And because our anxious, um, oh, like, like the, my anxiety about certain things would prevent Wesley from living holy and freely, or Zoe too. I keep saying Wesley just because I feel like we can engage in him more, but it's Zoe as well. Yeah. But, um, Basically, that was kind of a metaphor. It wasn't like legit, you know what I mean? But like, let them experience all of what the world has to offer them and don't, for example, we were putting Wesley into school and like, I was very nervous about it. And she was like, why try to put a raincoat on him? Just you're, you're like dimming his light. Let him be who he is. Let him play. Let him explore let him talk to other kids let him he's going to shine and be completely fine let him go and dance out in the rain you know mm-hmm. what i mean like mm-hmm. does, am i making sense here oh yeah definitely and even to the opposite you know you have to uh you have to let them make mistakes and you have to let them have hard times and hardships yeah and like that that's a big part of growing up that's where like dude jordan peterson talks about that a lot he's like they have to go through hard things to know that they're not going to break yeah you know Mm -hmm. like life life isn't all roses you know 
And even if it was, roses have thorns at the bottom. And you have to figure out, like, oh, that hurts. Don't touch that. You know? Yeah. That's uh, that's what we're here to do. And we're here to help them as much as possible and be there for them. But they got to learn their own lessons, good and bad. Yeah. You know? The best thing we could do is just, like, be the influence and, like, have them see how we react to things. And then it shows them how to react. That's true. You know? And so what do you think the key factors of you and I, like, in a relationship, how do you think that we come together and do well as conscious parents together? Um, um, like communication. Communication, definitely. And the fact that we're, we're always there for each other, you know, shows them um, that it's okay to, like, ask for help. You know, mm-hmm. or or to be there and let people help you, because you know Wesley's in that in, in that stage right now where everything is like I want to do it myself, and it's like that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be doing everything yourself, but it's okay to let other people help you and let other people be there for you. You know. Yeah. I think just our relationship, like being able to ebb and flow the way that it does, really uh, is just a positive atmosphere for him. I think also, too, is that we really show up with our emotions. We've already said this, but like, Mm -hmm. I think that that's important because if you hide your emotions from your kids all the time, maybe you don't have to go like in depth about something. But like, you know, um, I think that that's important, too. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, even if we have differences, like we don't really fight in front of our kids but um if like wesley or zoe wants something but you think it's a yes and i think it's a no we could even come to them and say like hey you know mommy doesn't think that you should have it because of x y and z and but daddy thinks that you know Mm -hmm. it's okay if you do so it's kind of then like letting him make a choice and like it's okay in our household that we all may have different thoughts and opinions mm-hmm. you know yeah it's giving them the ability to make their own decisions is is important and i yeah. think that's one of the harder things for people to do is let but, go of the control but being on the same page as parents about that yeah because i think a lot of parents aren't don't honest. support each other yeah. on, on that yeah. yeah that's true and that's very important yeah like i always looked at your parents as because my parents split up when I was young, you know, so I didn't I didn't have a dynamic like what you grew up with to even like witness or to like see. So it's always been fascinating to me when I see parents that are like still together, like how they act, how they interact, how they, you know, handle decision making skills together, because I just didn't didn't see that. It was always just like, you know, here, go do it. Or like, you know, you figure it out. I, I'm busy. I can't you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just uh i've always looked up to your parents that way and like mm-hmm. there there's certain aspects about how you grew up that i've always like you know admired other aspects and i'm definitely happy i had the way <laughs> had it the way that i had it mm-hmm. but uh yeah there there's a lot of like relationship goals that i see in your parents that i'm so happy that i have in my own relationship mm-hmm. you know mhm yeah I, uh, they definitely were a team. Mm-hmm. They were a hardcore team. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it, you know, if uh, if Wesley wants like a freeze pop or something like that, and uh, you say no and I say yes, but like whoever mentions it first, like we back each other up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I, it is what it is, bud. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I agree with mommy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. Yeah. I feel like we could go on forever about all this. Oh, we could. We just talk. We like to talk. <laughs> we, do, <laughs> we do like to talk. This is like our, our regular night for us as we just kind of ramble on. But I did mention, so recently we had a highly sensitive people psychic breakfast. Did oh, you yeah. listen to it yet? I, no, I couldn't get on oh, there. I sent him it in an email because he wanted to listen to it. Yeah. But um, I talked about how when we first started dating... You would call me so many times throughout the day. (laughs) And I was like, and this is one thing that I love about you is Mm -hmm. that like, I said like, I love you and I want to talk to you. I love talking to you, but I can't talk to you as much as you want to talk to me. (laughs) And I was like, I could do the phone like maybe once a day. Do you remember that? Yeah. All right. Well, remember you would get, um, you would get readings too. And it's like, oh, the guy you're going to end up with, he's going to be like one of your girlfriends. You guys are going to talk all the time and you know, yeah. he'll be able to talk about fashion and like whatever. You know, I remember <laughs> like when we weren't living together, I like I had moved home previously with my parents and I was on the couch with my mom and it was like quarter to nine at night and my phone rings and it was you and I go to get up and I'm like, she's like, oh my God, again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was she's like whoo and I'm like I know and it was like either he really likes to talk or he really likes me man yes and yes oh well I love to talk when there's a good conversation to be had so I'm interesting yeah oh good (laughs) (laughs) yeah so anyway we could go on forever but thank you guys for tuning in Uh, Let us know what conscious parenting is and means to you. Maybe did you learn anything or do you disagree? Because we love open conversation as well. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that we need in life is open conversation, especially with people who think differently than you do. Yeah. You know, I'd love to hear what people think in the opposite direction, but, you know, also in the same direction. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs)